this time on Holy Ghost Notes. I want to be able to play that way. It's so easy. Take a drum lesson with Jesus. I'll make that happen. I needed to go on a rampage for like 30 minutes. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. This is Matt and Tim, and we have a very special guest with us today, Justin Scott. Interestingly enough, we're going to set up the episode while he's here listening. So I just apologized (laughs) to him in advance for the fact that we're just going to grandstand for like five minutes about (laughs) the fact that he's an awesome drummer. And um, typically we do an intro for one of these guest episodes without the guest here. And typically after it's already recorded and done. In this case, we felt like the pressure's on. The pressure's on already because this episode comes out in like 48 hours. Uh, Second (laughs) of all, Tim is a newborn. And so time is not at a premium. And this is just more organic. So, hi Tim. Yeah. How are you doing? And Hello, Matt. how much sleep do you wish you could get right now? <laughs> Dude, I, I'm actually I'm getting more sleep than ever. I'm on paternity leave, and this baby is the easiest baby in the world. So, I have no complaints. My wife isn't sleeping as much as I am, but oh, that's but, uh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, life is good, man. Um, it's uh, people keep asking me if uh, if it's weird having two kids now and uh to be completely honest it's it's not that weird i think i had like nine months to mentally prepare for another kid um and because he's a baby he's so easy uh it is weird like we can't do the tag team thing anymore my wife and i it's more like which one are you taking (laughs) um so that's a little different but to be honest my son just turned four yesterday uh and and that was weirder to me than having two kids. Yeah. Just having a four-year-old was like my Yeah, I saw you was, post about that. That was interesting. Yeah. I don't have any kids, <laughs> and so whenever I read about something like that, it's like, oh, yeah, I can see how that would be true. But it's not, it's not yeah. something I'm ever forced to think about because I'm just an uncle to a bunch of you know, nieces and nephews, which is fun <laughs> in and of its own right. But a it's, cool uncle. Yeah, I hope I'm cool. I mean, it's easy to be a cool uncle or cool aunt. I think it's it's harder to be a good brother um, because you leave your nieces Mm. and nephews with their parents at the end of the day. And maybe you're making a, (laughs) you're making uh, impressions on them that are fun in the moment, but then their parents are having to pay repercussions for them later on. Like they had a bunch of sugar or, you know, you got them all riled up and it's like almost bedtime. So yeah. Yeah, I, f- I feel bad about that from time to time. <laughs> I don't feel bad. That's that's your job, yeah. man. That's your job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, okay, well, so, so we'll segue right into this uh, before we bring Justin in. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about this guy. So I, Tim, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say. But Justin is sort yeah. of an anomaly in the drumming game for me personally because, to your point, Tim there's not a lot of information out there about him. And I'm, I'm hoping we get into that um, once we start the interview, but there's just not a whole <laughs> yeah. lot out there about this dude. And that's no. really cool. Uh, I think you actually have that written up in one of your questions. It, typically yeah. drummers yeah. in this day and age are very public facing and they put it all out there. And with Justin, like you go to his Instagram page, you only see videos of him playing drums. Yeah. There's nothing mm-hmm. else happening. Um, and I think that's, that's I had cool. to for the cover for this episode cover, I had to freeze frame one of his videos and <laughs> screenshot and stick it behind 
because there's no pictures That's anywhere. That's amazing. I kind of did the same thing. I'm like, I need to promote Drummer Hangout. Um, I, and I just went down through, you know, swiping. I'm like, wait a second. There aren't any pictures. Like, I, I need a picture, Justin. Send me a picture. Yeah. So it's... That's that's one that's one part of the equation that is the anomaly that is Justin Scott. But um, but aside from that, dude is just very very talented at drums, um, and he's also a really good educator. If you're looking for drum lessons, uh, you're looking for content, you're looking to push yourself this year. I got one of his videos. I think it's like his daily warm up thing, and um, mm. I worked through some of it, and it it was admittedly too hard for me like much of it i had a grasp on it and i would sit down and try but then i got maybe like four or five pages in and i realized that i just i'm not quite at that level especially in the jazz world of being able to understand and take it all in um so if you're looking for lessons you're looking to push yourself i know he does that too yep Yeah, I know Justin's listening in right now, but uh, we're definitely going to be plugging uh, some of his stuff, his lessons. Uh, If you haven't heard of him before you even listen to this interview, pull up Instagram, jscottdrummer, and watch some of his videos. You are going to be wowed and amazed. That's how I found found out about him. Um, I just, uh, I guess I follow the right hashtags, and uh, he came up, and um, I was wowed clicked follow right away and uh just been enjoying the ride ever since but yeah matt there's like nothing about this guy anywhere (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to put questions together and uh and was struggling because uh honestly uh i don't even know where he lives (laughs) (laughs) maybe he wants to keep it that way but I, i respect that i respect that a lot so i guess without further ado because at this point we're just talking to to him and asking questions uh inadvertently um so justin welcome welcome to the show thank you so much for uh taking some time out of your your schedule to come on and and hang out with us hey thanks so much for having me i really appreciate it um yeah i'm just happy to Happy I could come on and talk to some drummers. It's always fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so thanks. So as I said, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to find out about you um, and failed. <laughs> uh, so for everyone listening, and myself included, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I've been playing the drums my whole life. Um, well, I live in, it, I live in Atlanta Um, a little bit, a little bit North of Atlanta. Um, and I have a wife and a daughter. My daughter is, uh, almost three. So the last few years of my life have been just learning how to be a dad and very (laughs) busy. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I I started drumming when I was really little. My dad was a pastor, so I was around drumming and music all the time and, uh, before I can remember, the story is that when I was two, I would, my mom would be practicing piano at the church, and I'd go up and start hitting the drums. And uh, she said I could keep time with her uh, hmm. when I was real little. And they, so they got me all this little electric pad kit, and I beat the crap out of that. And then when I was six, they gave me a real drum set for Christmas. Um, and then I got cymbals a few months later for my birthday. Um, and I, by the time I was like 10, I had just destroyed that kit. Um, (laughs) so 
all of my teenage years, I didn't have drums and I was uh, self-taught. So I, I learned by air drumming along to albums basically. Mm. And, wow. um, and I actually kind of recommend that because you're not making any noise that gets in the way. You can just listen. And so I had my whole imaginary drum set and I knew where everything was. And I learned, I loved like, I loved Creed and POD and I, yeah. I, when I was a teenager, I just loved that kind of rock, you Speaking know, Speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would just sit and, and listen to things over and over and figure out what drummers were doing. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, played in different churches growing up and that was awesome because I was always pr- playing with adults. Mm. And even though they weren't like professional musicians, most of them, you know, they have another level of just maturity. So I learned how to play music, um, you know, very simple music. Obviously, most church music, uh, contemporary stuff is just very, um, very, no, I would, I wouldn't say basic, but, you know, you're just playing what fits for the music. And uh, so I learned to do that when I was young. Um, and then as a late teenager, I started seeing just incredible drummers that I suddenly I can't understand what's happening anymore. And yeah. so I had to start exploring and, uh, you know, buying books and DVDs, anything I could to try to understand more of what I was seeing. Um, and I learned that way for a little while. Uh, eventually I'm from Colorado. I grew up in Colorado, but eventually my wife and I moved to Atlanta and I started going to the Atlanta Institute of Music in 2011. Mm. I did a, I did a year there and learned a lot. Um, just, you know, kind of built a foundation in areas that I never learned growing up. Uh, I learned how to read music and, uh, you know, how to chart music, how to, I, you know, build a foundation in jazz and Latin and styles that I'd never, uh, played before, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, learned a lot in music school and, and then, uh, out when I got out of music school, it seemed like everybody was like trying to go get gigs, like go take every gig you possibly can. And I was kind of the opposite. I'm like, no, just get me a teaching job. That's what I told the guy at the school. Like just, I want to start teaching right away. Because I realized that if I if I focus on teaching, I can actually make more money. I can actually spend my practice time working on the things that I want to work on instead of learning hundreds of songs that I really don't want to play. Hmm. Um, and then hmm. I'm not hauling my gear all over the world. I just realized pretty quick that most gigs I, I really didn't enjoy. And I didn't want to spend all my time doing that. So I, I really enjoy teaching. I like helping people figure things out. And most importantly, I just, I, I love the process of practicing. That's like my favorite thing to do. So I, I could never, I could never sacrifice that. Um, so it's, it's weird. It's like, I almost did it backwards. I had to figure out how to make money playing drums so that I could spend my time (laughs) practicing. Yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) and so that's basically what I've been doing. Uh, with Instagram for a few years now. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, that's, that's, you know, how I grew up and how I started. And, uh, but yeah, Instagram came about cause a buddy said you should start putting videos up. And I'm like, oh, I'm not really a social media guy. Like, um, 
but I decided at one point that uh, if I ever wanted to kind of take another step in the in a career of like education or whatever, um, I had to somehow build a following. Uh, mm. Someone had to know who I was, you know, hmm. because at the time it was like, okay, maybe 150 people know who I am, you know, and it doesn't matter how good you get at something if nobody knows, you know. So sure. I was going to do the stupid YouTube drum cover thing that I don't like at all, but I'm like, I, <laughs> I got to do something. And uh, my buddy said, hey, Instagram, just put up a video. And so I did. I just put up a random video of me like practicing and for some reason it got like a thousand views or something. And I'm like, I don't understand how that happened. Cause I only have like a hundred people following me yeah. <laughs> and I didn't understand how hashtags worked, but apparently people found them through hashtags and, and then it, it just dawned on me, like, okay, I need to start just putting as many videos up as I can. And it, it just kind of snowballed. Um, mm. so yeah, I mean, outside of Instagram, there's really, I haven't done anything very impressive at all. I, <laughs> Never played with a big artist or band. Um, never did any major recording. I mean, I do sessions. You know, people send me stuff and then I record and then I never hear it. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> um, but I, I've yeah, I've never done anything. I mean, I've done some pretty cool gigs here and there, but yeah. you know, nothing crazy. So. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, something I'm hearing from I I just read my next question and I I now think it's dumb uh, and I'm not going to ask it. Um, <laughs> it's it's just not it it doesn't fit with what I'm hearing from you. It's very impressive, uh, actually, what I'm hearing. And so I it it brought up a point that I want to make um, with you and just see if it resonates. So y- years ago, I read a story about J.R. Tolkien who wrote. Um, the Lord of the Rings, and he was really overwhelmed with this idea of plots and subplots and sub subplots, and thinking he was the only one in the universe that had this idea, right? Mm-hmm. So he had it up here in his brain, and should something ever happen to him, this idea would never come into fruition. No one would ever know about it, and that's it. The idea would die with him, essentially. And so that, that thought overwhelmed him. How do I get all this out? So what he did was interesting. He actually wrote another story. He stopped writing he stopped writing Lord of the Rings to do something else. A short story called Leaf by Niggle. And um, the word niggle means to do something tirelessly, almost in vain. And so there's this character named Niggle who starts to to paint this beautiful portrait of a tree. This beautiful you know, landscape picture with a tree. And um, he has this thought in his mind throughout his life. And the thought is, I'm scared I won't ever get this tree painted because I have to help my neighbor. I want to help my neighbor who's sick. She needs my help. And that's requiring some of my time. I have to do the menial tasks that we all have to do throughout the day. I have to sleep. And I'm, I'm scared that I'm going to get sick and I'm going to die before I get this tree painted. And so he starts painting and he's, he's really good at painting leaves. And so he starts with a leaf. He paints a leaf and he gets interrupted by his neighbor. Hey, I'm sick. I need help. And so he goes and helps them. And just all throughout his time trying to paint this thing that he's passionate about, that he wants to get done, he is pulled away from it at all times, it seems. One day... He dies. And in the story, Tolkien talks about him going on this great journey, which of course is him meeting God. And 
he's disappointed that he didn't get this tree painted. He gets into heaven and who does he see but this sick lady who he had been helping. And the relationship in that moment in heaven meant more to him than he thought it, it, it could have while on earth. That was the first thing. The second thing was there in heaven was the tree, the entire tree. And it was there forever for all of eternity. And it was more beautiful than what he could have painted had he had all the time in the world to do it on earth. So I, I heard this story and it really resonated with me. And I just was reminded of it as you were talking. Um, how do you balance the love of drumming and your love for practicing your commitment to do something great and all of the other factors in your life that at times might be frustrating because you feel like they are pulling you away from something that you really feel called to. Um, when in reality, these other things are probably more important than what we often give them credit for. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially as a, a husband and a father, um, well, especially when I became a father, I'll say my views on my time changed a lot. Um, before that, I had a, a little bit more of an obsession with making sure I got my practice time in, make sure I keep progressing. And as soon as my daughter was born, oh, that, that really died down a lot. I still have it. I still work you know, hard and everything, but you know, there's just something about like I spending time with my daughter. There's just not a lot better than that, you know, hanging out with my wife. Um, and then, yeah, obviously as a, so, like I'm trying to make money playing drums. So obviously there's, there's a lot of things that come up that take time away from practicing the things I want to, or, um, and it is hard for me. Like I've always found it challenging even even like someone will send me something to record um, and I'll find myself just working on it way longer than I thought I <laughs> yeah. would and just getting frustrated with it. Um, it actually happened recently. I made a video for Zildjian uh, playing along to a track by Kaz Rodriguez. And initially I was like, I'll just pick a track and jam along with it. It'll work, you know, and I'll get it done in a few days and three weeks of like working and and I don't feel like I got to the point where I was happy with it. I would have wanted six weeks, but I had a deadline yeah. and I had to get them the video. And so I just got to the point where I could concentrate my way through it and play it. And, um, and I just remember it being like really frustrating because I'm thinking about all the things that I want to be working mm -hmm. on, but I have to get this video made. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of stuff just comes up and, uh, but in the end of the day, it was a good thing to do. I'm glad I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I worked on it. It's a learning experience. It's humbling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean like th that's always been my, that's always been my thing is like, how can I, uh, how can I balance everything? It like, and there was times where the answer was, I just don't, I, I can't practice very much, you know, mm. like I, there was a time where I was teaching at a music store five days a week. I would t teach from like three until eight. And then I was working at Target from 6 a.m. to two. 
And then I was playing at church on Sunday. I literally worked every single day of the week for about six or seven months. Like I never had a day off. I was teaching. I was working at Target. I was playing at church. And I, I didn't have practice time. And there, there was no like balancing it. I just had to kind of let yeah. it go. And But it was a good time for me. It was it was right after music school. And my brain didn't want to practice. It wanted It wanted a break from that anyway. So it ended up being... At the time, it felt like crap. I'm not practicing, but it ended up being a really good thing hmm. for my brain. Interesting. Um, so yeah, rest in general, I've found to be an unbelievably important thing that gets overlooked. Just the importance of giving your brain time to process things. Um, I, I, you, you hear a lot of people are like, practice, practice, practice. You know, if you're not practicing, go practice. Like. Every day, you know, practice tons of, you know, eight, nine hours a day or something. And I, I just don't feel that way. I, To me, there has to be the right amount of, like, the work to rest ratio has to be right. Huh. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of things, like, that I wish I'd known when I was younger that, I, you know, you only learn through experience, yeah. you know. You learn by doing something the wrong way. Yeah. And, but, but anyway, you know, back to your, your point. I'm, I'm still working on balancing things. Me and my wife constantly have to communicate a lot more about our time, what, what her job needs her to do, and when, when can we figure out time for us each to get our job done mm-hmm. and who's watching our daughter. And, you know, yeah. it's just being a lot more organized. Um, and it's not, my, it's not naturally my personality to, to be super organized with anything except for drumming. Huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, like with, with drumming, I can organize, I can figure out exactly what I'm practicing and I, I have a routine. With, with other things in my life, I get, because my brain naturally just wants to think about drumming all day. Hmm. So like hmm. I'll walk into the kitchen and there's all these dishes everywhere and my wife's like, how do you not see all the dishes? I'm like, because my brain, when I walk into the kitchen, I'm just trying to get some water and my brain's trying to get me back downstairs to my studio because I'm thinking yeah. of something I'm working on. Like, I don't even see the dishes. Uh, that is funny. And so, I'm the same way, man. I'm the same way. Yeah, it's a, it's hard, but I don't know. I, I think that's a really cool story. I like, I like that a lot. I hope that, I don't know, I hope that when I get to heaven... I know that drumming isn't, um, it's, it's not who I am. It's just, it's just the gift that God gave me that I'm passionate about and I'm really appreciative. I appreciate that and I want to give it back to him as best I can. Mm -hmm. But I know that in eternity, there's a lot more for me than drumming. Um, but it would be cool to get to heaven and God's like, Oh, here, you know, you can still you can still have this in some way here's that zildjian video that you weren't completely happy with it's perfected i wrote the parts for you yeah i i figured it out yeah Yeah, that's another thing i always thought like how fun would it be to take a drum lesson with jesus yeah like even a 30 minute lesson and have him just blow your mind He's like, you know, I invented time, right? So <laughs> let me show you what what you can really do. Then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, that's a cool story, though. I like that. I think um, there's something, Tim, I'm going to just interject here before you ask something else. Here, yeah, but, go for it. Um, how, how do you show the value in drumming? 
obviously you know how how valuable drumming is to you um how do you convey its value to to other people around you maybe your wife uh, maybe she does understand it um, or maybe some of your friends or your parents um, what would you say to someone who you know who's listening to this who's frustrated because they love this thing they love drumming or another instrument or maybe it's a career or something and it's a good thing they work hard at it it means something to them and it actually means something to other people too but not not to specific people in their life um, that they wish saw the value in it? Um, well, I mean, I still, I still deal with that um, from, from certain people. Uh, I think there's always people that are going to view it as not a real job. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I got good at ignoring that. Um, and I, I was just lucky to have a super supportive wife. Hmm. Like my wife has always been like right with me. She knew it's what I was going to do. She, she supported me through music school. Um, and it was just like, she never questioned it. She always, now there's times where I have to like really explain my process. Um, because to her, uh, she might not understand, uh, like a good example, uh, I'll practice something really, really hard for an amount of time. And then it's really important to me that once I've practiced it, I need to give my brain rest from what I practiced and I need to focus on something else for a little while. So sometimes the best thing for me to do is practice really hard and then like go play a video game for a few minutes or Mm -hmm. watch a movie or just take my mind off of it so my brain can process. Um, and she might not understand that. Like, why are I thought you were practicing? Why are you playing Grand Theft Auto right now? Well, I I needed to go on a rampage for like thirty minutes to get my brain off of. Um, and so, you know, sometimes I I have to explain like this is why I you know the reason why I don't see the dishes is because I'm so focused on trying to get this thing done mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um. So much of my time that I'm working, I'm not getting paid for. Mm-hmm. Most of my time I'm practicing, I'm not getting paid for that. Um, but it pays off later, you know. Uh, sure. The videos I post on Instagram, that might be the why someone wants to go check out one of my lesson videos or take a private lesson or something. So it all pays off in really weird ways. But mm, uh, That's true. But, yeah, I mean, uh, with with my wife, she was always super supportive most of my friends, my, my parents were super supportive, but there's always people that are never going to take it seriously. And I remember talking to my like teachers in music school, my teacher who's like, he was in his 60s. And he's like, my brother still gives me a hard time every time I see him. When are you going to go get a real job? And he's in his 60s. He's been doing it as a career for like 40 years. Right. Um, so it's like, you're, I don't think you're ever going to have everyone see what the value in what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess maybe it's my personality. I just really don't care yeah. what other people think that much. Yeah. <laughs> I try not, That's good. like yeah. I, I care what certain people think, but most of the time, like I, I can't control other, other people's feelings. Um, and, and I try not to take myself too seriously because the reality is like, I understand why someone would look at me and think like, you haven't done anything. Like, why do you have this big following on Instagram? You haven't done anything. 
Like I know, I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but uh, so I, I can see, uh, you know, why someone would look at what I do and still think like you're not really doing anything. I'm like I know. Uh, if if I was playing with some big band or something, I could say yeah, but I'm playing with this big band. What are you talking yeah. about? Uh, but I'm literally just posting videos of my practice on Instagram. Like that's mm. that's awesome though. I mean, it's it's great. Like I, I doing something that 15 years ago was not possible, uh, and uh, so I'm like, it's an amazing, it's an amazing ride. Um, but it's it's hard to explain to people what I do because mm-hmm. I don't really fully understand it myself. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's a really yeah. good way of putting it. But I I love that. Like so so where you are right now is exactly where a lot of people want to be that go through all of these unnecessary steps. Um, I mean, you know, some people like Matt obviously are, you know, successful in your in your band and uh, can continue to walk in that career. But a lot of people just want to get to the point where they they go band to band, band to band to, to be established as their own person, mm-hmm. to be able to have a following like you do. And you just kind of skip that <laughs> entire thing. And I mean, I consider, and probably many of the other people on Instagram would consider you like one of the, the top five drummers on Instagram um, as far as who to follow and, you know, consistent content. Um, and I, I love that we kind of went into the the purpose versus calling conversation because I resonate with that very strongly having gotten married and had kids and realized that like the tour life wasn't really for me um you know it was it was a hard i I always grew up thinking my purpose is music that's who i am music is who i am it was tough for me to realize that music is is a calling for sure i'm meant to do it but my purpose is Hmm. my family yeah my purpose is my wife and my kids and and it took me a while to, to figure that out but it was very um it was very helpful to me as a person when I finally got my head around it. <laughs> um, but it's cool that you're able to do what you do. I mean, um, it's, it's, uh, you're living the dream in, in my opinion, you know, especially during COVID where, yeah. I mean, the, the landscape of music is completely changed, <laughs> but, um, I do have a question for you and this was, this was planned. And I think it's probably a good time to ask it. Um, you know, you come out with, with content all the time on Instagram. I see, you know, some days, you know, a a couple videos coming out in one day. What's your method for coming up with fresh content consistently? Uh, Well, this is a, this isn't really, it's a really interesting question because uh, I, I actually, I reshare content and I'm sure a lot of people know this and some people don't know, but I constantly reshare content. Hmm. Um, every two or three months, if a video does well, I'm going to share it again. Mm. Um, and I just don't, I just never say anything. I'm not going to say like, Hey, I'm resharing this. I just put it out. And the reason is because every few months I have more people following me that have never seen it before. And it's like, there's no, I, I, I see each video as a kind of like a commercial or something. Um, it's just a, it's a way of, uh, promoting myself or advertising in some way, you know, Hmm. and that might lead someone to, Hey, I want to take some lessons or I want to check out his lesson videos. So I re I recycle videos constantly. I'm just, 
I share new, uh, I, I want to make new stuff as much as I can. The last like year or so, it's been tougher to not just find the time, but find the, cause there's times where I'm practicing. I've just, I've wanted to record myself less in the last year than I used to. Um, so I, I do recycle a lot. Um, and then, and then there are times where I, I make a whole bunch of content that I can share, you know? Um, yeah, but that's really it. It's, it's that I'm, I see a lot of people, they'll share something one time and then you never see it again. And I'm thinking like, that was a great video in three or four months. You're going to have a whole nother group of people who follow you and they're never going to see that. Why wouldn't you put it out again? Hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what I do. I recycle a lot. And I know there's a lot of people that probably hate it. They're like, not this video again. <laughs> you know. Um, I never thought about that. It's like, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. A, that's a really I have point. a reminder, or maybe I don't. I was going to make a reminder on my phone to recycle the Zildjian Live video um, from from last year because I was just it's just a proud moment in my career. Um, and I was, exactly. I was like, I want to post that again on the one-year anniversary of it. Um, and then the thought is like, well, maybe people don't want to see it again because I always talk about it, you know? And, and so that was like my first devil's advocate. I was like, I don't know, you know, a lot of people saw it already. Um, but that's interesting with you. I've, I've never even thought about it. Even if I, I saw the video yeah. already, I was like, oh, yeah, I saw this already. This is cool. I'm, I'm happy to be watching it again. I'm not bummed that I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, I'm, I, 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 think, I think a lot of people have that attitude, luckily for me, because there are people that go, oh, I love this one. I'm glad you posted it yeah. again. But, mm-hmm. but there's also people that occasionally are like, man, you know, make something new. And I'm like, it's like you literally have to do this if you don't want to watch it. It's like, so it's, easy. Yeah, right. Yeah. If you can't do this. It takes more time to comment than it does right. to and, swipe uh, past it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of people, to be honest, a lot of people unfollow me all the time. I think I, I lose like 700 followers a week on average. So wow. that's like as many people I have following me in total right now. <laughs> so I know there are people getting sick of it. Uh, and I want to make yeah. new content and I plan on it. Um, I've got uh, not a lot of people know this, but I recently signed with Tama. Um, so they're sending me some drums to. Cool. And so I'll be making a whole tons of content you know and i, I want to get to the point where i'm not resharing old content I, where i can just you know i'm excited to get new drums and make all kinds of videos with them and stuff yeah. so i'm ready to start making more content i just you know it's been a while since i've really cranked out a ton of new stuff i think um, i think some of those unfollows are bots i have that same issue i go in sometimes and look at statistics and it's like oh my gosh i lost 500 followers um <laughs> And we've talked about it as a band. My my band has talked about it. Like, hey, I just lost a bunch of followers. And there's this, there's like a dump that happens every once in a while. I think where Instagram goes through and they just clean out, you yeah. know, suspicious accounts and and <laughs> uh, yeah, just just fake, hollow, empty accounts. Um, so d- yeah, which probably helps your engagement in the long run. Right. The less uh, 
the less people that are following that are not engaging with your content that that's might be correct. fake accounts. That's correct. So hopefully that's a little encouraging because I, I felt the same yeah. way when I saw that, that <laughs> same statistic. I'm like, oh my word. I guess people don't like my farming content as much as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's awesome that, that you have something like that. And, and you enjoy it, right? Like you... I love it. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not just something that you have to do. Like, it's super cool that you have I love it. Yeah, it's, I think it's the same, like you talked about playing video games. I need to do something else that's just cathartic. I work with my hands. That's, it's kind of why I do snow removal and landscaping. Because it's like when you see a lawn that, you know, needs mowed and then you go mow it. That does something for you. When you see those nice stripes and that motivates me to do this because I've done something else that I feel proud of. I've given myself a break, a little bit of rest, and I come back to this and I just mm-hmm. fall in love with it over again, you know. So it's it's kind of yeah. the same thing. Yeah. It's massively important. Um it, like I I tell it to people quite a quite a lot. Like anytime I do lessons with people, it's like you have to you have to have some time to let your brain process information and and the best way that it does that is if you go focus on something else for a that's while that's right um so for like my rule is number 1 i can only get about 3 maybe 4 hours of like mental practice in one day before my brain says that's it like you're done that's all you're getting yeah. and the best thing i can do is spend Oh gosh, sorry. I just had, <laughs> I just had a uh, my logic freak out on me. Ah, no worries. That's okay. We're, I have to go through and mute some stuff real quick. We're still here. Oh, thank. I got it. I fixed it. You might hear that in the recording. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but anyway, um, for for every three or four hours of practice that I do. I, the rule is I need 15 to 20 hours of rest between, you know, this practice session and my next Hmm. one. So, uh, and that just means going and doing other things. And when I, when I do that, it's amazing the progress I make. Mm -hmm. If, if I don't, like I used to just practice and then I would think about it all day. I'm kind of tapping things out and I'm like obsessing over it. And I found that if I don't get out of my brain's way, it just doesn't process information very well. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% great true. Advice. Yeah. We were just talking about that, I think, in our last episode, actually, just in uh, how sometimes it's it's more beneficial to step away from the kit. You know, I think we were talking about speed specifically, trying to learn something and, and speed it up. You know, play it as fast as you can and even slow it down a little bit if you want and then step away and come back a couple days later and most likely you'll be able to play it faster because you took that time to, you know, to break, hmm. you know, right. and, and let your brain just process what you're doing exactly. and commit it to muscle memory. Um, so you're 100% right. That's really, really solid advice. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's been a, it was a game changer for me. I didn't really realize it until uh, me and a buddy of mine, I went to school with him and he's a speed, he's like a speed metal drummer, like crazy unbelievable speed with his feet like he would just in a crazy fast and uh, but he went to music school because he wanted to try to develop other sides of his playing he'd been touring with metal bands and he wanted to just work on groove and other styles and 
so we really, you know, became friends and, and I started developing all these practice systems at one point. And so we would sit down together and just practice through these exercises for hours. And we did like three weeks one time, like three weeks of just every day hammering these things. And by the by that third week, my brain was so fried. It, it felt like I would I had to concentrate so hard just to play anything. And I felt like so fried. And then I went to the beach for a week with my family and I didn't drum at all. I didn't think about drumming. And I came back and I went to a rehearsal at the church and we're just kind of sound checking and I start playing and it kind of dawns on me after like two minutes that I, I can play like whatever I want. Like anything that pops into my head, I can play it. <laughs> and I look over at the keys player and he's like looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I can do anything right now. It was like being Superman or something. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, what happened? A week ago, I felt awful. What happened? And I realized hmm. it's because I was sitting on the beach for the last week. I wasn't thinking about <laughs> drumming. And my brain, it's like I left that space in my mind. And my brain sent in the little worker elves. And they went, look at this mess. And they just started organizing <laughs> and plugging things in. And then by the time I came back to that space, it was like pristine. All the tools are in the right spot on the wall. Yeah. And, and now I can just create and I don't have to think. And I, it's not like I'm stumbling over things. Mm. So yeah. it, that's when it really dawned on me just how important it was. So from that moment on, anytime I've had to prepare for like a performance of some kind, I'll practice really, really hard. And then three or four days before the performance, I just completely let it go. Mm. And, um, don't think about it at all, which I, I didn't, I would, I used to just practice all the way up to something. And then I'd wonder why it mm. felt terrible when I went to perform mm. it. Um, it's like you never gave your brain time to process. And I wonder if this mm. plays into uh, the way I record. Tim, we've talked about this. When I record, I'm a first take kind of guy. When I record, okay. my first take is usually the playlist I'm going to pick from if I do four takes through a song. So I was just recording two weeks ago. Once again, I had been hammering down for like, uh, I think it was like five weeks. I was working on these, you know, these songs, tw 12 songs. Um, yeah. It was a decent amount of material. Um, and I, I went right into the studio and started tracking. And my first, my first take through, I felt good about it. But of course, you have that Pro Tools thought of like, oh, I can do it again. Let's do it again. I might be able to do it better. And playlist yeah. two, three, four were rarely as good as playlist one. And I think it was because there was a time that had lapsed between practice and performance. And I had, I had relaxed in that way where I was not thinking about what was next. It was just happening in real time. And when you relax like that, you can perform at a high level. Whereas if I played through it the first time, I was now thinking about each part and like, oh, that was kind of hard. I hope I can nail that part a little bit better this time. And you, you're already sunk at that point. Like yeah. you're, you're done. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It's like thinking by the time you get to a performance, thinking is the enemy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate, I hate thinking. It's why I, it's why I'll, I'll always kind of hate that Zildjian video that I made. It's like I, I'm proud of it because it's like I worked really hard for three weeks and I, f I figured out how to get it done. But I'll always watch it and go that I was like halfway through my learning process when I made the video. Huh. 
And I would have loved to have been able to take the next week off completely, come back to it, practice it for a week, and then take another week off and then record it. Yeah. Because it would have been like that. It would have been this like, I don't have to think. My brain can just react. But in the moment when I recorded it, I had to concentrate on every single thing, and I hated the whole process. It's not fun. That's Um, not fun at all. It's not. That's true. Um, But, I mean, it, it... it worked. Like I, I got a take where there wasn't any obvious mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, this'll do, but you know, I, and, and it's, it's, it's cool. Cause like in the future, if I do a clinic or something, there's a track that I can use and I'll sound better when I play it in that situation than I did in the That's video. That's always you know? good. That's always, so, yeah. it's always a disappointment yeah. when it's, it's beat detected <laughs> for the video and then you go to play it and it's like, Oh boy, this is not, good <laughs> yeah this is not gonna work well well and you're playing like That's so true you're playing extreme you know stuff very fast very precise everything has to be perfectly even and um i haven't pl- i mean i played double bass stuff when i was younger but I, I i can pull it out and get by right now but it would take me two months yeah. just to get to the point where i could play things clean and i don't know if i could ever play super fast double bass yeah. stuff you know it's tough it's it's um, still hard for me um i want to talk a little bit about worship drumming i i'm friends with a couple worship drummers and i've always looked up to worship drummers actually just drummers in you know other genres so like the death cab for cutie drummer it's one of my favorites i've been listening to their record thank you for today recently and it just there's so much of his drumming that sounds easy but you sit down to play it it's it's really really hard Um, And and, and so I want to talk a little bit about how I think that if we live in one area, if we live in one, to use a farm analogy, picture uh, a field um, or a fenced in area, let's use that. And we look across that fence at something else and we say, wow, that's really cool and impressive. But it's it's just mostly, I think the fact that we live over here in this world, for me, it's metal. And I look at the worship drumming world or the indie world. And I say, man, that is impressive. I, that, that's really, really cool. Um, what, what is it for you that you look at in the drumming world and you're, and you're maybe not envious of it, but you really have a high level of respect for it, even if it's not in the genre you play? Um, I, I would say for me, it, it would probably be like the metal, the, the extreme metal drummers or, the Virgil Donati's, uh, Thomas Lang's of the world. Like I have, it's not something that I want to do as a drummer. It's not, it's just not who I am as a player, but I have huge respect for the amount of time and, uh, energy that goes into learning how to play all the polyrhythm stuff and the unbelievable 280 beats per minute, you know, George Colio's just ripping, you know, crazy. So yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a, to me, it's almost like a totally different instrument. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have, it's, it's huge amount of respect for those guys, but I'm at the same time, I'm like, it's just not who I am. I'm, I'm going to focus on this area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah, like metal drummers, particularly because when I was a teenager in particular, I loved heavier music. Okay. I loved, I never got into crazy speed metal. Um, I was more into, I don't know, like Godsmack and Tool and, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, 
so I, I like that kind of music. I have a lot of respect for that. And, and, and some of that stuff even, like, you could listen to, like, a band like Chevelle, and you'd think, okay, that's pretty straightforward playing. But it's like when you actually have to play that way mm-hmm. with that kind of space. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's way harder. than So I grew up with that. I was playing that kind of music, and I was playing church music. Yeah. So I got really used to just space and play the groove and play a fill that sounds right. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was doing that way before I was ever learning rudiments and, you know, linear patterns and hmm. anything like that. You know, it was just play the song right. and make it sound as good as you can. Try to keep it in time. Hmm. Um, but yeah, man, metal drummers like yourself, it's a it's like a whole different it's a whole different instrument mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Yeah. You're right. And Thomas Lang's so probably looking at your drumming going, man, I wish, you know, I wish <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> I wish I could play like that. I, I doubt it. Cause I've, man, I've Thomas like is one of the, I, I got his DVD years ago. So did I. And, uh, you know, he's playing nine pedals with his yep. feet and he's, oh, yeah. he's got 13 <laughs> happening here yeah. and you know, 27 over here or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And and I tried to start going through his matrix system, and eventually I was like, I can't do this. I'm this is uh, this just isn't for me, I guess, because yep. you know, uh, it just you know I found I found other players that spoke to me more, and that I you know eventually kind of found the sound I was looking for. Mm-hmm. But man, I have huge huge respect for all those guys. Mm-hmm. One time when I was in music school. Um, I had, well, so Marco Miniman came in with his band to do a clinic and, you know, perform. And uh, I, I, I didn't end up going to his master class or I wasn't signed up for it, but I got a phone call in the middle of the day like, hey, can Marco Miniman use your double pedal? He's like, he needs a DW5000 double pedal and I have one. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, he can use my pedal, but I get to sit in and watch his clinic (laughs) so i brought him the pedal and he set it up and we all were in a circle around him and he's playing stuff and like the teachers in the school are like you know (laughs) sitting there watching in in awe because he's doing incredible like okay this foot's gonna play 13 and this foot's playing in 15 and you know you're just like and he's pulling it off you know so it's like that stuff's unbelievable to me it's just not I'm I'm perfectly fine just enjoying it and not having to try to figure it out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's certain drummers you listen to and you're like, okay, I got to figure that out. Uh huh. I I have to understand that and try to make part of that like how I play, huh. you know. Um, hmm. But with metal drummers and those extreme drummers, it's almost like I can just kind of enjoy it hmm. without. So where does Matt Garska fall in that? Because he he does a little bit of both, right? I mean, he can handle it all. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of okay. Matt. Like, uh, yeah, because he he comes from the. I think he and I have a very similar approach to practicing, like as far as practicing concepts. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's totally where I come from. I think he. He obviously went the the metal route, whereas I feel like I work on the same kind of concepts, and I I'm more, I guess, on the jazz fusion side. But uh, I love I love Matt's playing. I love his control. I love the way he practices. Yeah. 
it, it's it's very it, to me it's like yes that's that's how I like to do things. Um, how do you know how he practices? So yeah. Have you talked to him about it, or have you? I've never met Matt, okay. um, but I've seen lessons that he's okay. done. I've uh, even back in the days when he was teaching. Um, I don't even know if we're allowed to say it, but gospel chops, yeah. uh, and he would do lessons. And it seems like <laughs> a lot of those guys would uh, would you know they would teach something very vague, and then he would come in. Yep. and it was like okay, so I'm going to take a grouping of this, and I'm going to put it in this note rate, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. permutate the pattern. And exactly at the time, it's like what the you know it's a very deep, and that that's yeah. my that's where I yep. love to be. I I love to take concepts and what's every possible way of playing this and permutating it. What's all the different note rates I can put it in. And absolutely. So that's like, that's my world uh, in terms of practice. So I, I feel like me and Matt would probably get along if we ever met. You would. (laughs) Um, And I also feel like if you were a metal drummer, you would be Matt Garska. I, (laughs) I don't know. That would be the closest that you would (laughs) land in the metal world. Like you have some double bass chops, but it's everything else and it's combination and culmination that makes you stand apart and just your ability to do a little bit of everything well like you said permutate all of the possibilities and then just your dedication to practice mm-hmm. that's what i've noticed in matt um so we should make that happen sometime it would be fun to have you and matt on a Holy Ghost Notes podcast together meeting for the first time. It would just be <laughs> yeah, you two be talking the entire time. <laughs> Tim and I would just moderate. I, would, I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, yeah I, I would dig that. Um, yeah. We'll make that happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of guys that I would love to talk to. Uh, there's guys that I've met through Instagram that I never thought I would talk to. Um, they'll They'll reach out to me sometimes and I'm like, like randomly Calvin Rogers reached out to me like, and I'm like, what do you do? Why are you contacting me? <laughs> yeah. But you know, he was just very nice yeah. and, you know, asked me about how I record stuff. And I'm like, this is crazy. Calvin Rogers just reached yep. out, you know, that's amazing. Um, yeah. I love that. That that's kind cool. of stuff just, and when it happens or like when the first time I went to the NAM show was last year, Yeah. it's the first time I'd ever been, it was, you know, I have to experience it once, you know, and I'd walk up to some guys to to introduce myself, and they'd see me and Hey, Jay Scott Drummer, and I'd be like, How do you know me? <laughs> um, but because it was just, it's still, it's always very weird. Like, are you serious? You you actually watch my my videos on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's cool. It's it's cool to suddenly, I don't know. It's like you make it into this club that when when you're a kid, you're looking at like, look at the you know, and suddenly. You're like, oh, wow, so-and-so follows me. That's really weird. And all of a sudden you start thinking, like, what did I share recently? Mm-hmm. What, are, mm-hmm. what are they watching me butcher? Man, Because that's the thing, like, yeah, every video of mine, at least, is there's flaws in all of it. You know, I think people are like, you know, post something of you messing up. I'm like... <laughs> I think there's messing up in every video I post. Like, yeah. It's all... That's what makes it great, though. That's what makes mm-hmm. it great. Yeah, I like it like... It's human. It's it's real. Yeah, that's yeah. what I like. I just like, here's what I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. Here's what it sounds like. That's what I, that's all I really do is just put it out 
And if you like it, great. If you don't, okay. That's um, that's important. Yeah. I think that's important that that I hear that. Uh, I hope it's important that other people hear that that are listening to this. It's it's like I'm not built like that to think like that. Um, it's not to say I don't do it, but when I shoot content, I'm looking at at striving for perfection and not being happy unless I meet that mark. And when I put it out. I'm aware of the imperfections, but I'm always looking to do better. And I think a point can be made from the fact that if you if you go into a project, like let's say you're listening to this and you're like, all I have is an iPhone, you know, 12. That's a good enough camera. Okay, all I have is a USB mic. That's a good enough mic. Uh, all I have is my old kit with old heads. That's a good enough kit. All you have is yourself after playing drums for two years. That's a good enough place to be. And you sit down and you just start mm-hmm. playing and it's okay to put content up there, you know, out there um, that showcases who you really are as a drummer. In fact, I would, I'd argue that it's ultimately the most important thing you can do. If you post something that's not you, that's doctored up, which I do from time to time, then you have to meet that bar every time you post. Otherwise, you're, you're mm-hmm. going backwards, right? You set the precedent. So... Um, if you have integrity in your posting, it's more satisfying because you're like, yeah, that's me. That's, that's me. And I'm, I'm good with that and I can build on it. Um, and it, it's important. It's very cool for me to hear you say that because it takes some of the pressure off, right? You can just post where you are, mess ups and all. It's a little bit like our faith, actually, if I can make that correlation. Um, yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit like our faith. Like uh, yeah. you look at people with less you know, less judgment. Uh, you're more fair and gracious and empathetic. If you're not looking down from this pompous place, that's, that you're not, that you have no integrity holding. Um, and it's the same thing in the drumming Mm -hmm. world, which I think that's part of the reason that you deserve to be in that club is the fact that there's, you know, there's honesty in your playing. It's, it's not all doctored up. It's, It's really fun to watch because it's just real. Um, and we need more of that. Certainly need more of that in the drumming world. Oh yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Um, I my goal is to is to never let um, anything get to my head. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not saying it doesn't because there's times where you're like, hey, I've got two hundred thousand followers, yay! You know. Yeah. But the reality is like, it's not. It, it really doesn't mean that much. It's not. It's not in the in the grand scheme of things. It's very cool. God provided this way for me to build a following. It's awesome. Uh, but there's more important things than my drumming. And I don't know. It's like you said, there's just something, there's something to be said about like, here's where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. And there's times where I post and I'm like, I really don't like this video, but I'm going to put it up anyway. Like, and then Mm -hmm. I'll watch it a week later. I'm like, okay, it wasn't so bad. I just felt like crap that day. Like that day, I just really wasn't feeling it. Um, and there's the opposite, like, this feels great. I'm going to post this video. And then the next day you're like, Ugh, yeah. Yeah. that's not, yeah. that's not what I thought it was. Uh, but it's like, that's I don't know. It's like, this is where I am. This is, this is, where, you know, and obviously a lot of my videos are reshares. So I'll put a video out that I made a year and a half ago and it'll do really well. And people are like, this is great. And like, I'm glad you like it. That was, you know, a year and a half ago. I'm glad, you know. <laughs> At least it's still good. Yeah, at um, least I still. Yeah, I don't suck. But, a year and a half ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is when you put a video out that's really old, and someone's like, "Man, I love how you're progressing." 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're getting so much like, better. <laughs> Thanks. That's um, amazing. That's great to hear. And then you're like, uh, shoot, that means that my most recent videos suck a little bit because yeah, I've, I'm going backwards. <laughs> well, to be fair, I might be going backwards because now that I, you know, I have a daughter, I spend a lot more time hanging out with my family um, than I. As it should that's be. That's so um, funny to be progressing. Oh boy, yeah. can I still play that? That was like two years ago, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I, I don't. I, I've also had people say like they like that I don't say a lot. They, I, and I, I always thought that was like. I'm sure people aren't going to like this, but I'm just not going to say a lot. And then I get people that go, man, I love that you don't explain anything. You just put the video out. Um, I love that. And that's how I feel like I I just like I'm not going to sit here and there's times where I have like, okay, this is what I'm working on. Here's why I think this is important, blah, blah, blah. But most of the time it's like, here you go. If you want to watch this, watch it. If you don't, then just do this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I want to be uh, conscious of your time uh, so we can start wrapping up a little bit. But we do have a, a, a couple questions from our Patreon supporters. Um, we call them the inner circle, uh, best and That's coolest right. group of people on the planet. <laughs> but um, uh, I have uh, our first question is from Liam Camerman, uh, who was actually really excited you were coming on because he said he took a couple lessons with you uh, back in the day. Um, but he wants to know, um, how do you approach a song when writing a new drum part? Because uh, you seem to have an uncanny knack for finding the pocket and giving uh, a song exactly what it needs. Uh, so we'd love to know a little bit about your writing process there. Um, I mean, the, the, there's only a handful of of songs that I've done where I came up with the part. Um, and for me, it's it's usually just I'll sit and jam it's kind of like the it's the the Zildjian video with the cast track. Uh, I initially was like, I'm just going to jam with it. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then the more you play with it, you're like, no, this really needs a specific thing right here. And it needs a specific thing right mm-hmm. here. But I only mm-hmm. find those specific things by just, I'm going to play with this section over and over. And then eventually it's like, okay, yeah, I want to ride the high, the high hats That's here. That's what I the do. Ride here. Yeah. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. Which um, song by Kaz is it? It's called Power. Power. Okay, that's a cool track. Yeah. And if you're yeah. listening to this and you're wondering this name, Kaz Rodriguez, Kaz writes songs. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He, Well, he's a great drummer, a friend of mine. I'm not exactly sure if I'm right in saying he writes songs for drummers. Drumless yeah. tracks. Okay. That is correct. Yeah, and he's uh, he is super cool, super nice guy. He is. Um, and and his tracks are just fun to play with. They're 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 some of them are pretty intricate in terms of polyrhythms and things. So yeah. I found a track that I'm like, hey, this sounds pretty straightforward. I'll just jam. Yeah. But the more the more you play, the more you're like, ooh, I could do this. I could do this. I, I could do this. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I mean, I I probably go about it the same way most people do. Just play with it a bunch of times. Uh, sit and listen to it without drums for a while and like what what are you hearing um, and then to be honest most of the time when I play music unless it's in church I'm more of an improvisational player so my goal is to be able to play without coming up with parts mm. um, mm-hmm. so that's most of my practice is, is to be more improvisational um, 
But like, if it's a song that I don't, uh, I'm not coming up with the part like at church, I just try to play the part as close to what I'm hearing as possible. That, you know, that's one thing about church drumming. It's very easy to go in and think I need to separate myself somehow and make myself stand out. So I need to add something Mm. to these songs. And it's like, well, in that world, no, Mm -mm. you need to play the part. Like you can add little details, ghost notes and. Yeah. You know, you can change the feel up a little bit, but you really got to play the part, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, I like that advice. I, I feel like I've said that before, and I've kind of gotten pushback for it because, you know, there there are a lot of personalities out there, and one personality is an artistic person who, who isn't happy with something unless it's played a way that's unique to their plane. So in other words, mm-hmm. they'll learn a song like Hosanna, which I'm bringing up because it's the first video I saw you play. And they'll say, well, that drummer played it like that. But in order for me to really feel artistic, I need to make it mine. Um, that's OK. So long as it's not taking away from the experience that the congregation's having, that the MD's having. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize that's hard to do, but it's important that your your role as a drummer is first and foremost to play how people know the song to be played you know yeah i mean particularly like if you're if you're just posting a video by yourself playing it then go like right play the song however you want to play i'm being hired to play the song right in this situation i need to play it how it's supposed to be played or as close to it and if they say hey go for it in fact i've had you know i'll play at a church or something they know my instagram page and they'll go hey just play some crazy stuff right here and I'll be like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't fit the music. If I just start playing random stuff, I'm going to look like I'm just yeah. trying to show off and everybody's going to look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to play the part, yeah. you know. Yeah. But Oh, well, I guess I should have a little disclaimer uh, about this because now I feel hypocritical, but I need to make a point here about this. Probably my most viral video classic is me covering what a beautiful name by Hillsong at PASIC 2017 and I wrote this to be in particular a drum performance to a song that I really liked and uh and so I guess I have YouTube notifications one on my phone and I'll get notifications like almost daily and most of the times when it when it pops up I know exactly what it's gonna say it's gonna be about that video and it's either like this is awesome um, I'm totally stealing some of these and using them in church, and I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> or, or it's like, or it's no. like, wow, overplayed much? Dot dot dot. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So I left one comment up there, yeah. like, this was at Pasic. This was not in a church. Like, right. You need some context with yeah. this because otherwise, yeah. I completely agree. This would be a nightmare in a church setting. Yeah. This is at Pasic, like the place where you go to show yeah. off. Yeah. On the drum set. Uh, Justin, I'm sure you'll play right. PASIC in the future. Have you played PASIC yet? No. Okay. No, no, I've never. You I've will. never. In fact, I've never done a clinic. I've never done a master class. Okay, let's just get this um, on record. Um, Justin Scott, you will be playing PASIC in three years or less <laughs> once COVID's lifted. PASIC yeah. is so awesome. I love I that place. It. it is so cool. You need to be there for that song to make sense. Um, it actually went over really well, and it was really fun. And I got to tell Brooke from Hillsong about it at the Grammys, and she like still talks about it in like interviews. So I, I feel a little bit better knowing that part of it, but it's still it's still a bit of a hammer down every time. It's like, 
At least Brooke's not saying this guy. Oh Matt yeah, yeah, yeah. Just no, she she thought it was awesome. Like, She's I can't like, believe it. She, so she did an interview <laughs> after the Grammys, and Harrison uh, sent it to me. He's like, dude, you gotta watch this. She just talks about you, and the, like the question is like, um, like Brooke. So what was your favorite thing about going to the Grammys and winning? And you could think of a hundred things that she would talk about. And she's just like, oh, I met this metal drummer who toured with a, a symbol company he's sort of an ambassador for in Southeast Asia. And he performed our song, What a Beautiful Name. A metal drummer. And the interviewer is like, oh, you mean like, rah, rah, rah. And she's just like, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess so. Like he, he plays the drums. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're the one commenting on that video, um, you know what? Good for you. You're totally right. I was totally overplaying if it's church. But you know what? I was at PASIC, and uh, yeah. if you're at PASIC, you know you got to let it rip because Eric Moore is up next, and Kaz Rodriguez <laughs> was right before yeah, you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, con- context is everything. So, yeah. you know, yep. I think it's, right. it's just depends on the situation, you know. Uh, Know your yeah. audience. Yeah. yeah. Rule number one. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's super cool, though. It's funny. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Justin. It was uh, it was an awesome time. You're you're such a such a cool guy and such a great drummer, and and it was a pleasure to. Thanks have so you. much for having me. I really really appreciate it. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah, we'll have you back on with uh, with Matt Karska. <laughs> Let's do that. I think it would be it would be fun. Man. It will be. It would be really fun. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Appreciate you. There you go. Definitely. Man, what a great uh, conversation. I, I love doing this podcast because we get to talk to so many cool people. Yeah. Uh, I love, like, our regular episodes where we just, you know, deep dive drums and deep dive faith. But uh, it is such a privilege to talk to every guest we've had on so far. Totally. It's, just, it's an incredible conversation, and uh, you just see different perspectives. And, and Justin was no different. I thought I felt like um, I really got to know him, which was special because I've been following him for a while, like on Instagram, seeing his videos. So I feel like I know him in a way or I'm 
connected to him in, yeah. in some way. But uh, for someone like him who doesn't, you know, put things out onto the internet, doesn't even have an about me page on his website, you know, it's it was uh, it was a special privilege I felt to to actually get to know him as a person, yeah. um, as opposed to just seeing a, a drum video. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got one of his lesson videos. And so I had a little bit of preparation as far as like, here's what he's mm-hmm. going to be like, and here's what kind of drummer he is. Yeah. And everything was definitely in line with what, uh, what is in his lesson, which speaks to his authenticity. Yeah. He's a legitimate, authentic drummer and individual. And I mm-hmm. really wish him nothing but the best. Like I said, in the yeah. episode, I, I anticipate seeing him in the, in the drum clinician world in a mm. max of three years, like mm. bar COVID having an impact on us getting back together. Um, he's going to be out there and he's going to be doing it. He's paid his For dues. Sure. And I'm, I'm yeah. so glad that he's a part of the drumming community because he's just a, a great, humble, terrific person. And, yeah. and, uh, and it, just an incredible drummer. Uh, oh, yeah. Incredible yeah. drummer. The one question I didn't get to was um, someone pointed out when I made the post about it, that he has the best hands in the the best hands in the game, quote unquote. Mm. Um, and I didn't really think about it that way. But then I went back and I watched some of his his playing, and he is so yeah. smooth, so smooth. And it's funny, like even just hearing. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned it, his humility, yeah, and that he was shocked that he's even like considered like part of that uh, that club. Yeah, exactly. Of, you know, but he's one of the best. I mean, I see his his videos re featured on like every single drum page that I follow. Hmm. Like he is uh he's he's the man. Like <laughs> he's uh he's one of a kind and his style is just so cool. It's like like he was talking about like sometimes you hear a drummer um and you you just want to know like you want to understand what they're doing. For me that's like his playing is mm-hmm. that type of playing that I just want to be able to break break it down, figure out what the heck he's doing. I want to be able to play that way, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, it was just, yeah, really cool. I, I found it interesting, too. Um, I, I relate to him when he says that he is good at drumming and likes drumming but doesn't like all of the other stuff. That's not verbatim, but mm-hmm. he, he loves playing drums. He doesn't want to work on a bio and sending a picture, right. um, <laughs> you know, or, 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 you know, working on Responding everything email. else that entails um, – <laughs> that's that's required of you if you're a drummer who's trying to make mm-hmm. a living being a drummer and yeah. um i personally find that refreshing because it means that he's focused on his craft and that everything else is sort of the work element and drumming is the passion i love this this is what i really want to be doing element which means his motives are right there's mm-hmm. there's no room to question his motives when he's bothered by everything that um is creating the income you know making it a lucrative endeavor and he loves yeah. the thing that he loved in the first place. Right. Yeah. I think there were two points that I came out of it. Um, like, I mean, there were there was gold throughout the whole yeah. thing. So, you know, really, you could take so much out of it. But there's two main things. And one is like, you know, he just wanted to practice. Right. And so he so he found a way so that he could practice, and that's the fun of it for him. Right. Um, and the amount of time that he spends practicing really sh- shows. You know, he is so good mm-hmm. because of the practice. But at the same time, in the same paragraph, yeah, we have to remember to take a break. Yeah. You know, just because you can practice for eight hours straight one day doesn't mean you have to 
practice for eight hours straight the next, mm-hmm. you know, take that time to, uh, to, to take a break, take, take a breather, uh, let your brain process what just happened. Um, I, a lot of people probably figure, but don't realize how much actually is going on in your head when you're playing drums. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not just, you're not just controlling your limbs, you know, you're counting and you're, uh, anticipating and you, you know, keeping time in and of itself is something that some people aren't born with, Yeah, <laughs> you know, not everyone just has rhythm innately, you <laughs> yeah. know, I think we were both fortunate enough to, to kind of have that, yeah. you know, from the start, we didn't have to work for it, but it's a, you know, there's a lot going on in your brain, yeah. um, and in your body when you're, when you're playing drums and you need to give yourself some time to, to actually break that down. And, and I love how he put it, let the, the elves kind of, Mm-hmm. Uh, the put everything back together. Put everything back together. <laughs> put them in the right spots. That was funny. You know? That's so, a good picture. <laughs> so if you liked uh, what you heard today, um, you know Justin's a great guy. He's he does have lessons. You can check him out, jscottdrummer.net. Um, and if you're not interested in the lessons or anything, uh, at least go watch some of his videos on Instagram. Give him a follow, jscottdrummer, on Instagram. Uh, you won't regret it. He's one of the best. One of the best. <laughs> one of so the best. So before, before we wrap, I want to ask you a question, man. Okay. Uh, one, of our, one of the Inner Circle members posted something in the group page and brought my attention to a recent uh, NCIS LA episode. And I want to know if you <laughs> know about this or if there's a story. But supposedly, allegedly... An ABR song was used uh, in an NCIS LA episode, um, and it was, uh, I guess, a scene where uh, some prisoners were held captive, and they were using an ABR song. I believe it was Bones, but I'm not sure. They were using an ABR song as a torture device <laughs> for these prisoners. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. And I part. just thought this. I thought this was hilarious. I uh, <laughs> I haven't seen the full clip, but. Uh, People were posting, posting little, uh, like, quotes of, I can't take this anymore. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was just amazing. That's really Do funny. Do you have anything to say about this? <laughs> it's, it's true. I didn't know about the, the torture aspect, though. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, it makes sense. I mean, if, if you don't like <laughs> screaming and metal, then it would be... It could be used as torture at a loud enough volume. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it had more so to do with the fact that it's a... The song's called Bones, and it may, maybe speaks to like the crime element of the show. <laughs> but that's, okay. that's pretty funny. <laughs> so you were under the impression, oh, this 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 uh, yeah. popular TV show wants to use our song. Awesome, let's let's do it. Exactly, some extra yeah. royalties. You know, yeah, that's but right. Little did you know. Yeah, I didn't know that part. Um, I'm still <laughs> I'm still happy about it. I I'm not it's still cool. I'm not bummed about the fact that they use it as torture. It's actually you still, pretty funny. You still, uh, yeah, LL Cool J still probably heard your song, which is pretty neat. <laughs> that is neat. Yeah, we we found out about it maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I forgot okay. exactly when. That's cool. And I was like, oh, that's really really cool that 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 it's going to be featured on a TV show. We've had a couple yeah. opportunities like that, but it's it's always neat when what you're doing breaches that border of like our world and mainstream mm-hmm. yeah uh the mainstream media so right. um we're honored 
And yeah. uh, also, that's really funny. I did not know. It was a torture <laughs> element. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, your GoPro just shut off. Yes, it did. No problem. So, uh, it's all you from what here better, on out. What, yeah, what better <laughs> time to wrap up the episode because now the camera angle is just going to be shot on me. Um, so if you're listening to this and not watching, we do have our episodes on YouTube um, so check us out there. You can watch the full episode videos up there. Um, but otherwise, thank you for, for listening and or watching, um, if you're watching this right now. Um, and uh, check out uh, our Patreon, patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Uh, we have a bunch of different tiers, and uh, your support uh, helps us do this podcast. We try not to do any advertising or anything just to keep up the authenticity um, of what we're doing here. Uh, we're coming up on two years now, and uh, that is thanks to our loyal inner circle members hmm. um, who've been helping us along. So yeah. thank you guys. Absolutely. Uh, so much for your help, and, and uh, yeah, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Justin. That was a great episode. And thank you, Justin. That's right. That's right. All right, well, without uh, further ado, I believe it's that time. It sure is. It sure is. Three... Two, one. Peace.